Welcome back to the Trav and Rigney show. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm making it, you know? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, um, you know. How 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 uh how you feeling after the Super Bowl? I feel I feel at peace with it now. No, truth be told, I I only like was actually like upset for like the first day or two. Yeah. Like upset like thought about it nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um it's <clears throat> there's there's a lot of things to be annoyed with. And there's also a lot of things to to be sort of psyched about. Yeah. Um obviously like on its face and and the biggest thing and the thing I think we should probably spend the least amount of time on is the penalty. Um fair. You you're not calling that all game. That's an awful spot to throw that first that first one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if actually it was the first defensive holding on on Philly, but that's a really terrible place to throw that. Not because it wasn't a holding, a defensive holding, because it, it is. It is. It, there's no way, there's no two ways about it. It just was. Yeah. I don't know that it's egregious enough, egregious enough to throw a flag, especially in a play where the where Juju probably wasn't making that catch anyway. It looked a lot more like Pat Mahomes throwing it out the back of the end zone to me. Um mm-hmm. but I don't I, I don't wanna you, you can't you can't you gotta keep the flag in your pocket. That's a... You have to know you throw that flag and you essentially you gave the game to Kansas City. Obviously, Philly could statistically still win that game from that point, but it's a fresh start of downs, fresh downs. Mm-hmm. They're going to run the clock out. Uh, very smart play by who was it? Was it Pacheco that went down before Pacheco or? Um, yeah, I can't remember who it was. Might have been McKinnon. Went down. I think it was McKinnon. Went down at like a one. Um, Philly was clearly letting him score, and he just went down at the one extremely smart football play. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, you have to know if you throw that flag right there, you 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 have taken one team out of it. Uh, now that you could look at it as like that, well, that's that team's fault. They shouldn't have committed that penalty, and that's fine. It just feels like a terrible place to throw a, an absolute game-altering flag. Um, yeah, but it was a penalty, so like can't be mad at the official for throwing it because it was a penalty because it could be looked at from the other side like let's in an alternate universe where that doesn't get thrown philly wins that game by whatever uh or kansas city kicks that field goal because it's fourth down philly gets the ball back run they run down they drain the whole clock they score a touchdown kansas city fans look back at that play and say this was defensive holding here they should have called that this would have been game over so it that's the most I'll say on that because it is, it was a penalty. It sucked that they called it right there. It was absolutely deflating. It essentially gave Kansas City the W. Yeah. Um, with that being said, there are a few things that I that were way more of a letdown for me than a penalty at the very end of the game. First of all, we let him get there to begin with. A defensive holding at the six yard line means nothing if we stop them forty yards before that. Yeah, uh, but as the defense had done all game, they they could not stop anything. Uh, I don't humor the bad field conditions because both teams played on the field, so that's not one I care about at all. Are Philly fans saying that? I just heard no. I heard players from both teams talking about how bad the field was, and I just don't care because both teams played. Yeah, okay. it is disappointing that the field was bad for the Super Bowl, but yeah, I mean, as far as like competitive advantage, there wasn't one, right? Because yeah, because both teams played on yeah. it. I would I would say. It may have impacted Philly more because they had the better defensive line and they got zero pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, that was for me the biggest disappointing part of the game is coming off of a week where or two weeks prior where Philadelphia just dominated San Francisco in the trenches, n- having nothing to do with San Francisco not having a quarterback, just dominated them on, on the in the trenches, both sides of the ball to get right. to the Super Bowl and then just get blanked. I, I mean. I don't know what the actual stat was for quarterback pressures for Philly, 
but it, it had to be single digits because they didn't get a sack. Pat Mahomes felt like he was doing whatever he wanted out there. And I'm very, very disappointed in Philadelphia's defense. Not so much as the rest of the Eagles fans are. You know, they're all very good riddance to Gannon to Arizona. Glad, glad, you know, he's gone kind of thing. Philadelphia's defense was really good all year. It's tough to, you know, Philadelphia got out coached and by the better coach. Philadelphia was the better team and they were out coached by the better coach. That's yeah. what happens. Uh, Gannon got out coached. He said as much in the post game, like, I got out coached. Um, so I, I don't think you could argue it really with some of the touchdowns that they had where Kansas City players were just wide open in the end zone. Yeah. Just absolute blank. Well, they did, they, yeah, because they did a lot of motion and then players weren't moving with the motion guy and then yeah. he was just wide open. Just like, what are you doing? Um, but with the law, I've had time to to circle back, and uh, I have not watched a moment of that game since then. Like I've not gone back and looked at anything because why would I do that? Um, I will say this: there are a few things to be super pumped about. Mm-hmm. The Eagles' offensive line, generally speaking, isn't going anywhere. Uh, Jason Kelsey may retire, but it doesn't. I would have told you this time last year he was done, and that they begged him to come back. And then I, I would have assumed that this was his last year. Right. Um, that may not be the case. He sounds a lot more optimistic this offseason. So he may come back. Um, even though Philadelphia has a stud center waiting in, in the wind behind him, a dude that he, Jason Kelsey handpicked. Right. Um, in addition to uh, the Eagles' weapons for the most part, mile, minus Miles Sanders, and we'll get to free agent stuff in a minute, but he's not coming back. Not. I'm almost certain he's not coming back. Um, Jalen Hurts was incredible. If he he fumbled in this game and it was it was disastrous, and you could even say it was part of the reason we lost this game, even with that disastrous fumble where he got his face mask yanked almost off of his head. Uh, sorry, I'm being bitter. Uh, <laughs> even on a fumble, the dude he was the best player on the field. Uh, he was. I am so excited to see him. He gets better every year. This is for seven straight years now. He has gotten better. I don't even know how that's possible, but he's just he's gotten better every year, all the way dating back all the way to Alabama. So, I am pumped for him to come back. It almost doesn't even matter uh, what we do with running back, and that's sort of how the NFL is trending anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm very very happy with how he performed. Uh, and he got all the love from everybody from from all corners of the NFL, including Pat Mahomes, who said as much in a post game press conference. Talked about Jalen Hurts, like the dude just won a Super Bowl and made it a point to talk about Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I saw that where he said basically, like you know, if the, if the jury's still out on him, like you guys aren't paying attention. Yeah, um, he was outstanding. Um, it was definitely. Like if you had to choose a silver lining, it's a, it's a great silver lining because it's not like you lost your one shot. He's 24 years old. Like, right. I'm confident Philly can get back there. I would never tell you they're going to this very next season, but I have a lot more confidence that Philly is capable of getting back there in the next decade than I was Carson Wentz's last year or two with us. Right. Or even like Donovan McNabb era. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's that's where I'm at with it right now. I've made peace with it. Uh, it hurts. It still hurts. It stings. It stings to, to see things on the ESPN about it. It's weird that two weeks later I'm still hearing like uh, analysis about the game on ESPN radio. But I'm sure it's because now I'm just hypersensitive to it. So now it's, I just I just hear everything. It's it's also probably a bit of like baseball hasn't started yet. Basketball's in a bit of a lull coming off the All Star weekend and. There's not a whole lot to talk about. So it's like, well, football always gets ratings. Let's talk about football. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I will say about um, as a wrap up to the NFL postseason, um, and I'm pretty sure I've said this to you before now anyway, but <clears throat> the one thing I, I, I took from this, though, was even though this was absolutely soul crushing for the for the players or the fans, yeah, to lose by three points in the Super Bowl, which is how every Eagle Super Bowl loss happens for me. 
um, <clears throat> which sounds like such a first world problem, the thing to say, <laughs> right? like, oh man, every time we get to the Super Bowl, like, what are you, the Patriots? Right. Uh, but yes, in my lifetime, or at least lifetime being an Eagles fan, every Super Bowl that they've lost, they've done so by three points. Um, it's never been a blowout. It. Yeah, they've always, they always have a good, good game. And Andy Reid was involved with all of them. So, <laughs> um, I will say that I applaud even the most immature person on our team is our head coach. And I was going to ask you about that because I saw some clips where it just seemed like he was being a little childish. And even like Jalen Hurts was like, all right, chill out. He like <laughs> swiped his arm down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts is the most mature person on our team. Um, he might just apparently he's he's running stuff. Uh, Sirianni is <laughs> a very emotional guy. He he gets too into it. Um, mm-hmm. I know that some of the players have said they love that about him and they would never change it about him. But yeah. The public opinion isn't very good. He looks like a douchebag, which is fine. I mean, you're already the head coach of the Eagles team. People already don't like your team, even even just by association. So you mind just steer right into the skid. <laughs> but what I will say is every single person from the head coach down to the to every player, they handled that loss with a grace that I don't know I would have. I might have been real upset at the end of that game if I were a player. I might have complained about some things. But for the most part, they all handled it super duper well, uh, which is way more than I can say for any 49ers fan or player. Um they handled yeah. that so terribly, and it was such <laughs> a stark contrast between the two losses in back-to-back weeks. Um, I was pretty, I was very proud to watch them all. Like even Bradbury, Bradbury is the one that held Juju. Yep. He he said after the game himself that it was a hold, and then afterwards Juju roasted him on like Valentine's Day, and the dude still hasn't said a word. He yeah. just owned it and was like, "All right, that's it." That was such a terrible look from Juju. Like, yeah. I'll never understand what was going through his mind when he decided to tweet that out. Uh, I don't know. He, I don't know. He's really pumped about a Super Bowl. He did very little. And <laughs> um, no, it, that that's just me being bitter again. You win a Super Bowl, you win the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter how little you did. Yeah. Uh, ask Melvin Gordon. He was jazzed up and even mentioned it. Like, hey, I didn't do a goddamn thing, and I am pumped. Yeah, I saw some. I saw some. Uh, I think it was like Chargers. It was either Chargers or Broncos fans saying like um, Melvin Gordon like quietly not earning a Super Bowl ring at all, and then like he like retweeted it with a picture of him in the locker room with a cigar in his mouth, holding up the the Lombardi Trophy. You <laughs> just like say what you want. <laughs> you know who cares? Right, right. I don't, you do. You got. You won. It's fine. Right. Um. I don't know. Juju has been, he's always been that way though, right? Kind of, kind of a clown. I I mean, he got it from every direct. And then AJ Brown was all over him for it, which if for me, AJ Brown even responding was not a good look. He shouldn't have said anything. Just let him make himself look like a fool. But even, but even his response wasn't bad. He was like, yo, first off, congrats. You guys 100% deserve it. And then he's like, but how are you going to talk when Patrick Mahomes resurrected your career on a one-year deal? Yeah. And then he's like, but again, congrats. Yeah. Yeah. He called it lame. He's like, this is, this is lame AF. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was. was, it was lame AF. <laughs> I, it's, you know why it's more lame? Because Bradbury hasn't said a word. He's just like, yeah, it was holding. And that's what it is. And then he's just gotten roasted. And yep. I'm like, oh, that's what makes it more lame. Cause like the dude, like, what did he do to deserve that? Uh, but he's another one potentially leaving Philly. Bradbury. Yeah. Um, but that's the clo- that's the end of it. That's closing the book on the 2022 NFL season. Uh, if at the beginning of the season you were like, yo, you guys are going to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to tell you if you win or lose, though. You're pretty I'm, happy. I'm jazzed. I'm doing everything the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh I was it was awesome to see like the NFC Championship live. I was it was it was super I was pumped for most of the Super Bowl. Like we only yeah. were losing for the last couple of minutes of that game. Um so I I was very happy, especially for an Eagles team that was not uh, 
that I remember being considered a Super Bowl favorite by any stretch going into the season, which is mm-hmm. usually the case, right? There's usually one team that makes it that's like, yeah, you were considered somebody that was going to probably get there. And then another team that makes it, you're like, well, you're you're a bit of a was you were a bit of an outside shot. Which I if I could for a second, I'd like to bring up what Travis Kelsey was saying, because at first I was like, what are you talking about? Nobody thought you were going to make it. You know what I mean? Like you're the Chiefs. Yeah. Of course, people thought you were going to make it. But then like I went back and like looked up like people's, you know, like predictions and records and stuff like that. And he's he's 100 percent right. People had the Chiefs finishing third and fourth in that division. It it seems like ancient history at this point, but people had the Broncos going to the Super Bowl. People had the Raiders making a deep playoff run. People had the Chargers in the Super Bowl. I had the Chargers winning that division. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not it's not unheard of that uh, Chiefs players would remember that all year long, I guess. And I think because I remember like I was sitting there at Murph's house watching the Super Bowl. And afterwards, he's like, you know, he's like, you all doubted us. And I'm like, you know what? I think people did doubt them because it was it was essentially the same Chiefs offense where they just replaced Tyreek Hill with Juju. And so people were like, yeah, can they be as productive again? Yeah. What I will say, though, is that part of that, I think, was because that division appeared loaded in the offseason and it just did not end up that way. Um, But I want but I think that it was pretty it was pretty clear early on it was not going to end up that way. Only the Chargers were like a decent team in that division. The Chiefs were good all year. So yeah. it was pretty early, I think, when people changed their opinions. Like, all right, this is going to be Kansas City again. For sure. So maybe if what he's talking about was the beginning offseason portion where he people were for sure counting them out, then I yeah. definitely understand that. But it was pretty early on where people were like, all right, this is going to be Kansas City again. And so, And for that, I'm like, well – I don't know about completely doubting you, man. Like you were the number one seed. So I don't know that anybody was really doubting. Um, But that is, this is the close on the 2022 NFL season. This is, it's always a sad time when, when football's over. Football's not over. Right. If you, if you like watching XFL stuff, Um, which I haven't watched at all yet, um, but it's been fantastic. Um, But the 22 NFL season's over. Um, now we now comes the long winter where we don't have football really again until what uh, early summer or late summer I mean well yeah, I mean I mean how you look at it right the draft the stuff is in April yeah free agency starts in two weeks so we have that to look forward to the NFL really does do a good job of making it a spectacle all year long yeah of course right they they got to get their money yeah, I mean, but they do have to get their money, and we need to get our football fix in. So fair, I'm here for it, and we're glad to pay the money. Yeah, I'm happy to give it to them. <laughs> I need the football. Um, but looking forward here, um, I think for the two of us, it's going to be a, a better year. Which seems weird to say, right? Because you were you the, the Jets had a winning record. What well well into October, November. Yeah, November almost, yep. So it hasn't been that way for a while. And you guys are going to, you know, you're you're either going to get Aaron Rodgers or you're going to get Derek Carr. Um, mm-hmm. and Looking forward and, to it. And you're making the playoffs. That's happening. So <clears throat> I have a feeling this is going to be a good year for both of us, this next one. Yeah, I hope so, man. Uh, we haven't had a year where we've both had a good year, you know? I mean, at least for the show. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of this year was all right, and then – took a turn for the worst with the Jets with Zach Wilson. Yeah, that's going to happen when you got Zach Wilson. That's going to happen when you got Zach Wilson. Um so now we're we are on to off-season stuff. Head coaches are moving, um moving to different teams. Players are getting are not getting tagged or are will be getting tagged. I think mm-hmm. they started today, right? Today was the day they could start getting tagged. Yep, we saw some players get cut today. Yep, some guys got cut. Um one of the more interesting things that happened that um, I have an opinion about, and I'm, I'm wondering how you feel, is Eric Bieniemy lateral moved from the Chiefs' offensive coordinator to the Commanders' offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thought on this is there's been a lot of moaning and groaning that they're like, this is nonsense that Bieniemy is 
got his second Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator, and now, and he has a lateral move to prove himself. And, and we've talked about this before how Bianami he's clearly not doing something right in these interviews, but this was him getting a head coaching job. Because let's think about this for a moment. He's going to a team where there were rumors that they were going to let their head coach go at the end of this season and didn't, which means this is it for Ron Rivera. Yeah. Washington. Secondly, the enemy is going to be calling plays this year. So this is, this is where he's going to, he not only is, is he basically got a head coaching job in the bag here in, in Washington, but he gets a trial run at calling plays and potentially being the head coach in his first year there because I, for me, anyway, this is my opinion. This is a foregone conclusion that he's going to be he's going to be the head coach of Washington, and essentially he just gets a free pass this year. Give it a try. Let's see how the play calling goes. Because if it doesn't work, it's going to be said that Washington didn't put enough pieces in the offense. If it does work, Rivera will retire or something, and Bianami it'll look like Bianami did a great job, and there it is, boom. He should have got a head coaching job a long time ago. This is a win-win for Eric Bieniemy, and I'm not sure why there's so much complaining about it. This is his opportunity to to be the head coach that he's wanted. I think he was gifted uh, a head coaching position disguised as offensive coordinator. Okay, I mean, I don't know, I don't know about the whole. So you're saying, let me just wrap that up. So you're saying basically that he, um he's he's gonna be the head coach are you saying that like ron rivera is gonna get fired before the before the season starts no i you're saying that he's gonna be basically like a like a a lame duck head coach essentially yeah he so he was hired as the offensive coordinator slash assistant head coach Mm -hmm. and so and that's what he'll be this his full 2023 nfl season yeah but that's just the precursor to Ron Rivera either retiring or being let go for him to just step into the head coaching job. Um, and I think that that's the plan. I, I think he accepted this job because that's the plan. Um, and I, I actually, I shouldn't say that because what does Ron Rivera think of all that? If that were really the case, but what I, what I guess what I mean is the potential to be elevated from offensive coordinator to head coach is, is a lot better right now in Washington mm-hmm. and in the process of being their offensive coordinator has all of the opportunity to succeed with almost no opportunity to fail because if he does fail, right. Cause he's calling the plays. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't work, it's going to be didn't have the players, but if it does work, it's going to be because the enemy called the plays and was clearly a good offensive coordinator. That's, that's how I I envision this playing out. It's 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 the it it's what I thought was going to happen the moment I saw that he lateral moved to Washington. It's the first thing I thought of. Like, yeah. oh, well, this is like him just waiting to get the head coaching job there. I don't even know why. And I thought about it a lot since then. And I just it just keeps it makes more sense in my in my head the more I think about it. So, um, are you upset that it feels like he's just being gifted a a head coaching job? No, no. I think he. Oh, okay. Do you I think, think he deserves a head coaching job? Be, just that I don't know. Clearly, clearly off of his his offensive coordinator resume. I mean, you would, and if you took the name off of off of him, like if you just said, "Here's Coach A, no name or face," and here's Coach B, and I told you that Coach A was going to have two Super Bowls as an offensive coordinator, but he played, but he is going to coach under one of the best head coaches of all time and not call plays. But coach B, C, D, E, and F are going to all get head coaching opportunities before him, even though their team didn't win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, what the hell? Why didn't, why didn't, why didn't Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator get one? My point is he definitely deserves the opportunity, but I think I, there's something happening like we don't know. Nobody ever comes out and says anything. We have no idea why he didn't get these head coaching gigs. Right. But he's not getting them. And I, I, I. You've heard rumblings of him being have butting heads a lot, but you can never take what Shady McCoy says seriously. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. This is the, the thing that 
that bugs me the most about what's happening with this is that there were a lot of coaches given opportunities to be head coaches in this in the league this year. And for some reason, all ESPN could focus on is Eric Bieniemy not getting one because of his skin color. That bugs me a lot because D'Amico Ryan just got one and he hasn't been a DC all that long. So, yeah. But to be fair, you have guys like Jeff Saturday who hasn't coached at any level anywhere and he gets a head coaching job. Yeah, but I but his, his was a uh taking the fall guy. This was like they needed a guy they were just going to let go at the end of the season. I suppose you could have just promoted one of your one of the coach people on your coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know the reason behind that, but nobody agrees that that was that was good and that was awful. I don't know really know what was going on with that. My 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 point or the the only part of this that I am annoyed with is the excuses made for Bianami are still skin color when other guys of the same skin color are getting head coaching gigs. Yeah, um, no, I, I get that. I understand that, um, <clears throat> that logic behind it for sure. Uh, I do think that Bianami probably has some other stuff going on. Um, for whatever reason, he's not getting these jobs. Um, a lot of times people are like, oh, well, it's because he's not calling the plays. Okay. But then like D- Doug Peterson didn't call the plays when he was under Andy Reid either. Well, neither did Nick Sirianni. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like none of these guys, it was always Andy Reid. So how are these guys getting head coaching jobs? The enemy isn't right. And I'm not sitting here saying it's his skin color. Cause I don't know entirely either. Right. Um, it might just be something about him, his personality that, you know, organizations aren't liking or whatever. So I understand the lateral movement. I think he kind of needed to do it. He wasn't getting a whole lot of, uh, he wasn't getting a whole lot of recognition. I mean, he has recognition, but he's not getting a whole lot of credit, I guess, um, under Andy Reid. So he needed to make a lateral movement. So where that now he is uh, the, the main play caller of an offense. So I get why he's doing it. He's he's trying to bet on himself, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because what were his options? Stay in Kansas City and just always be the guy that's not calling plays and have that being held over your head? Or go mm-hmm. to a spot where you're going to have the opportunity, even though you may not feel like you have to do, like, I shouldn't have to lap move to call plays to prove that I'm a good coach or worthy of head coaching gig. But because he isn't getting the head coaching gigs, it's his only option. Like, I shouldn't have to do this, right. but I'm going to, because how else am I going to get a head coaching job if not to show you clowns that I can call plays? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I get it. It's um, it's certainly an annoying thing that like you have to talk about in sports. Yeah. So, um, but once again, Philly makes it to the Super Bowl and is absolutely gutted with the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure why or how that how that works a lot right because gannon and steichen have only been on this coaching staff for two years right because sirianni's only been the coach for two years yeah but and the defense wasn't that spectacular last year so it's like one year and this is probably why people get mad more than anything one year of a good of a top five defense out of gannon and boom head coach they go to super bowl he 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 poops in his pants in super bowl but people look past that (laughs) And he gets a head coaching gig in Arizona. Steichen, I understand. Uh, he he made he made a decent amount out of very little with the Eagles' offense last year, uh, and obviously their offense was fantastic this year. So him, I understand. Gannon, I I'm not I don't really understand as much, but it is what it is. I I just get annoyed because it's like anytime we have success, our our coaching staff just gets ripped. Like I hate that. Yeah, like, there's no consistency with it for the, for the team. I mean, and it didn't end well for us the last time we went to a Super Bowl and had coordinators stolen. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I get it's funny because Jets fans kind of say the same thing. They were saying the same thing when they thought that like Lafleur was good. Obviously, it didn't pan out. He just got fired. 
Um, but they were saying like, oh, like LaFleur can't be too good because then like the, somebody will take him for their head coach. And I'm like, shut up, dude. Just have him be good. <laughs> it's so weird. Like some some fans root for that kind of stuff. Like some fans root for the players to be good, but not good enough that they'll need like a major payday. And I'm like, just pay them. Just have them be yeah. great players and then pay them money. It's the thing I I, I always love that Philly does. Right, because you it's it, you know what's going to happen. You know that your team, if your team does well offensively, within your instant, your offensive coordinator is probably going to get stolen. But Philly absolutely, under no circumstances, ever, ever, ever lets Jeff Stoutland get taken by anybody ever. <laughs> the that man, coach. the offensive line coach, that man is paid as one of the. He's the highest paid assistant in all of the NFL. Yeah, I don't. So what I mean by that is he's not like a coordinator. He is like an assistant, like a position coach. He's the highest paid one in the NFL. He probably gets paid like a coordinator though. Yeah, seriously. Um, and I and I would continue if I were Howie Roseman to do that. I would I would make him the high if an if a coordinator gets paid or a position coach gets paid more than him next year, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dumping more money on him. Um Philly has a has an, a good offensive line every single year, and and it's because of him. And I hope that he's one guy. He's the reason why, or, an, or here's a good reason why, or how you know rather that he is so good. This man has made it through almost four head coaches in Philadelphia. Yeah, like he was the offensive line coach when Andy Reid was there. Right, that's insane. That these new guys come in and just like, well, we're not kicking Stout out of here. He's the best <laughs> there is. He's got to right. stick. It's insane. That's it's absolutely insane. And I love that we I love that we continue to pay that man the money he's earned. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it'd be nice if the Jets could get him, but like you know, it's awesome for him. Absolutely not. Don't even put that out there. It's fine, it'll, dude. It'll be like next year. Jeff Stoutland takes the offensive coordinator position with the Jets. What's <laughs> happening? It'll be all right. I mean, uh, I hope not, because then that would mean like Nathaniel Hackett did not work out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, no, I think the Jets are—they've done—they've done all the right things so far. It's so weird to me, and I think we said this a lot the last uh, episode. It's so weird to me that it feels like the Jets may—they have been making all of the right moves and decisions, but they made one bad one, and it's just fucked them up for like two straight years now. Because it's yeah. like all good decisions that led to offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, uh, good coaching staff hires. And then one bad move has just been catastrophic. And it seems unfair that that's how that works. Quarterback's pretty important. Yeah. It's the most important, I'm saying. Yeah. You kind of need, you kind of need that. So it's well, unfortunate, but, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get one here. Now, I have a question for you as the resident non-Jet fan here. Um, if if you were a Jets fan, are you rooting for the Aaron Rodgers sign, or like trade, or Derek Carr being signed? Um, I think I would prefer... Wait, are you asking me as, as a non-Jets fan? or if as, I was a, as a Jets fan. Uh, if, if I were a Jets fan, I would want... Rogers. Um, and I want Rogers because his deal while going is going to be expensive and probably short lived, like two years, mm-hmm. it gives you time to draft and groom somebody. But if you sign Carr, it's gonna have to be like a six year, you know, mega deal, and you're gonna be you're gonna be Russell Wilson cuffed to him, and that's gonna be awful. Because if he's terrible again, you're gonna be cuffed to him. Yeah, but I, so, so here's here's my thing with Carr, right? Uh, I don't. Number one, I don't know. I don't foresee him being as awful as Russell Wilson was this year. Um, but I guess how could anybody foresee that? Yeah. Um. Also, I don't think he's going to be nearly as like. I don't think he's going to be even close to that expensive. Maybe. And, and um. Because because it's different, right? It's it's a different situation. Like Carr was just cut off of his team. I don't know that he has a whole lot of leeway. Uh, the Broncos traded everything to go ahead and go get um, Russell Wilson. So he kind of they kind of needed to give him. But he some was. Extra bucks. 
Right. But Carr was cut because if he he was going to cost them too much money on the cap, um, because they would have liked to trade him and got a haul and get a haul like the like the Seahawks did, but they couldn't yeah. because he had such a massive deal and a no trade clause. I think he's I I think he commands. He's going to end up commanding a lot. If Daniel Jones is out there asking for forty-five million a year, they're gonna whoever gets Derek Carr is gonna probably pay him. I don't necessarily know that Look, it's gonna be. I I can put years. my dirty socks up on eBay for forty-five million. You know what I mean? Like nobody's gonna pay that. That's not that's not a realistic thing. I don't know where Daniel Jones thinks he's gonna get that money from. That's the market now, right? If you're if he has one, he has a year, and I, everybody keeps calling it one good year. But like he Did was he have a good year. He was efficient. He had like <laughs> twenty touchdowns and like ten interceptions. It was good considering what what he does or what yeah. he has done. Right. But that's the quarterback market now, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I'm looking at I'm looking at uh sporttrack.com, right? Which is a website that has you know, all contracts and has all the free agency and stuff like that on here. So <clears throat> his calculated market value is Derek Carr. I mean, uh, his calculated market value is at 37.7 a year. So the projected contract that they see him signing with a team is going to be three years, 113 mil. Okay. They have him signing a very similar deal to, uh, the deal that Matt Stafford signed, the deal that Kirk Cousins signed, the deal that Russell Wilson signed before he was traded to Denver. Um, those types of those types of deals. So you're leading Carr then. Here's the reason why I'm leaning Carr. And it's not because I think he's a better player than Rodgers. That's obviously not true. Uh, Rodgers makes me really nervous just with overall availability. Like he seemed he's seemed disinterested this year, this past year, he's seemed disinterested. So why is it that I think like, do I think he's really going to want to go to the jets uh, where he's going to have to, I don't know if he's going to have to learn like a new system. He's going to have to get new timing down with his wide receivers. Obviously that was an issue for him last year. Um, I don't know, man. I just, is he going to play more than one season? Are we going to are we going to possibly trade away a, a number 1 draft pick and then like a number 2 or conditional 1 for next year along with maybe a player or something like that to to get Aaron Rodgers for one season? Yeah, I, I That's Super Bowl or bust for one year. Yeah, it is. And I agree with you on that part. It's it's going to cost you more than just money to get him. And yeah, cuz that's the thing too. We'll have to pay him you know, um, he's he's right now. He's averaging like 45, 45 to fifty mil a year right now. He's gonna want at least the same money. So let so then let me ask you this question: If because I, I think the Jets are a team built to make playoff <clears throat> runs right now. Yeah, so do I with the right quarterback. Zach sure. Wilson. But so, do you see Derek Carr giving you that opportunity for playoffs? Yeah. But I mean, like making runs. Like, are, are the, uh, let me be specific. Like, do you see the Jets getting out of the divisional round with Derek Carr? Like making it to the championship game? Yeah, like the AFC championship. Yeah, I think so. I think okay. it's possible. I mean, because if you look at what the Jets have done just this year, they beat the Bills this year with Zach Wilson. If you think Derek Carr can can do that then there is no reason to even look at Aaron Rodgers there's no reason to even to even kick that that can down the road don't even bother with that if you think Derek Carr can do that much then just do Derek Carr I, I wouldn't even waste time with Aaron Rodgers then yeah well here's the issue right is like a lot of people don't think Derek Carr can do that oh, a lot no. of like the way that the Jets team is built I just I don't think that we I don't think we need Aaron Rodgers to make deep playoff runs. Do we need him to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, maybe. And is that is that what it's all about? Obviously. But the like if if you told me I was getting Aaron Rodgers from 5 years ago, then yeah, go ahead and and pay that price for Aaron Rodgers 5 years ago, right? Cuz then I have what? 6 more years of Aaron Rodgers. The problem is is that Aaron Rodgers is a guy who pondered retirement last year he's thinking about it again this year he's gonna think about it again next year 
If he's thinking about it this year, he's going to think about it again next year, regardless of how many years he signs with the Jets. I don't he's know gonna, if I, I don't know if I want to deal with that. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, he's going to think about it every every year he plays. He's going to think about it in the offseason from here. Yeah. On. And here's another thing: um, if he comes in for a year, you're going to reset the Zach Wilson. And what I mean by that is, if Derek Carr comes in, they're going to sign him to a four or five year deal, right? Maybe three, whatever. Let's say four or five years. Let's say four years. The Jets sign him to a four-year deal. Zach Wilson's done. He's done because they're not picking up his fifth year, right? Oh. He has two more years. They're not going to pick up his fifth year. He'll play as like a backup, whatever, this next year. And then they'll probably cut him when it's most affordable for them to do so. And then, uh, you know, whatever, we re-sign Mike White or whoever to be the main backup, and Zach Wilson will play third string most of the time he's there. If Rodgers stays... Like if, if we go out and get Rogers and then he retires after one year, Zach's still on the team. They're going to want to see if he learned anything from Rogers. That's yeah. going to be annoying to me. And we're <laughs> going to have another year of Zach Wilson. Yeah. I don't want to be in the same position we're in now in two years. We so won't the, be in that position if we, ha- if we sign Carr, but we will be if we, if we trade for Rogers. It's an interesting scenario uh, because it's, I could totally see that being how it plays out if you get Rodgers. Like he's, I, I feel like essentially I, I'm I'm for the Jets. You have you sold me on Carr over Rodgers, right? Because to this point, I haven't speculated too much. I wasn't really sure. I felt like they were going to look at both, and it makes sense to do Carr over Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they're still going to look at Rodgers. Oh, they, they will. And they should, honestly. If they can get him for a decent trade, then go ahead and do it. My my biggest fear is that we trade the house for him. Because then I don't think it's worth it. I'm not saying don't go out and go get Rodgers. I'm saying if you go out and go get Rodgers, it better be at a, at a value that we can afford to give up. Yeah. Some because some some people are like, oh, you know, and they're saying it with uh, Lamar Jackson, too, where they're like, oh, the Jets are going to have to give up, you know, a first this year, a second next year, and then either Garrett Wilson or Sauce Gardner. And I'm like, there's not a shot we're giving up one of those players. No, no. I The, the phone call wouldn't even make it that far. As soon as you even tried to mention one of them, it's got the phone's getting hung up. Yeah. Because um, Rodgers is on the wrong side approaching 40. So. Um. Oh, by while I before I forget, mm-hmm. um, the thirty-two hundred and five yards passing, fifteen touchdowns, and five interceptions. Um. Mm-hmm. So those are Daniel Jones stats this year. Yeah, pretty. I'm, miss, I'm missing. I actually think I'm missing his rushing. I think he had a decent year rushing. So I'm trying to make sure that I, I'm giving you the whole context here. I can't seem to pull that up. But passing wise, those numbers on, on on its face, there's no shot that he's worth 45. This no. feels a lot more like them just overcompensating so that they can get the highest amount that they can. Right. Um he had this year in 2022. Yeah, okay. So I said 15 passing touchdowns and five interceptions, right? He also ran for 700 yards and seven touchdowns. So that's 22 total touchdowns and five interceptions. Um, pretty, pretty uh, solid. 200 yards passing, 700 yards. So not bad. But this is the first year he's done that. So right. I don't know because the years previous, he's had he's had 62 yards rushing, two touchdowns, 65 yards rushing, one touchdown, 45 yards rushing, two touchdowns. That almost doesn't sound right, right? Because didn't you have a a huge run like a year ago. But that's what appears to be the right number. And then passing wise, we're looking at he had 3,200 this year, five touchdowns, five interceptions. Last year he had 2,400, 10 touchdowns, seven, seven interceptions. The year prior he had 2,943 yards, 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. In his first year in the league, he threw for 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Statistically, that was his best year. Pass throwing the ball was was 2019, his rookie year. QBR so yeah. wasn't as high as it was this year, but he threw a lot less. 
So, right. Well, because Saquon was efficient. Yeah, he was a, a monster. The Giants are going to pay him. They're going to pay him forty million, I think, at least, uh, because I think they want to use their franchise tag on Saquon, which yeah. is the right move, right? If you're going to franchise a player at his market value average, whatever it is, then you want to do the running back. But I think this is going to cost the Giants a lot of money, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be a, a setback. And I really love that for them. <laughs> you just love that they're going to make a mistake, huh? Yeah, but you know what's funny though is when you ask, like, if you were to ask Cowboys or Giants fan, the Eagles are going to play pay Jalen Hurts forty seven to fifty five million dollars here, and fans of Cowboys and Giants or Commanders will tell you that they love that for us because that's the same thing I just said. Like, right, it's going to be a mistake, and they love that. Yeah. Well, uh, while we're on stats here, <clears throat> nobody seems to think Derek Carr is good. Right. And I'm not sitting here saying that he's a top five quarterback or anything like that. But I certainly think that his numbers are fairly similar to Matt Stafford Lions types of numbers. Okay. So um for the last like few years, here here are his touchdown to interceptions. Twenty one to eight, twenty seven to nine, twenty-three to fourteen, and twenty-four to fourteen. Uh fourteen interceptions is a lot, but I mean, he's, I don't think those numbers are bad. And if you look at his, his yardage, he's been over 4,000 every year for the last five years, minus this year where he got benched in the last two games. We were finished at 3,500. Yeah. It's just like, like we have, the Jets haven't had a quarterback that has thrown. Now this is a real stat. I might've said it on the show already once, but I'll say it again. Um, the Jets haven't had a quarterback that has thrown for double digits touchdowns since Sam Darnold. It's wild. Yeah. And I think it was I think it's the past 3 years they haven't had a double digit touchdown thrower. And they haven't had a tu- they haven't had a quarterback to throw 20 touchdowns. We were just talking about how Daniel Jones only had 22 touchdowns this year. Um we haven't had a quarterback to throw 20 touchdowns since Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2015. Yeah. It almost doesn't seem possible to have that sort of bad luck at quarterback, right? That, that seems <laughs> Chicago Bearsy and bad luck at quarterback. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the, one of the more optimistic things about the, uh, as far as outlook for the Jets is concerned, one of the more optimistic things is, and I know this is thrown out there a lot, you literally have nowhere to go but up. At that position, <laughs> yeah, I mean like, it's like, true. You, Zach Wilson was the absolute rock bottom of the quarterback pool, I believe. I mean, we're talking what was his name, Nate Peterman style, just catastrophe. Yeah, um, anything's an upgrade. They have, there's just too much. They have too much firepower for a guy like Derek Carr to come in, who obviously is competent, to mm-hmm. not just. He's gonna throw. He's gonna throw twenty five touchdowns and four thousand yards, and be the first Jets player to do that ever in his first year. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The last the last player to throw for four thousand yards on the Jets was Joe Namath, the first person to ever do it. Yeah, and also the last one to do it for the Jets. Yeah, it's um, it's wild. That's pretty insane. Um, it'll be it'll be a fun year to watch Jets for sure. I'm I'm excited for them. What time is Brees all on track to come back at the start of the season? Yes. So like, he'll be in training camp, or you just think he'll be ready to play by week one? No, they. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be in training camp. Oh well, then this this is going to be golden. This is going to the pieces. But don't don't cool. tell Evan that though. Oh, because you're trying to get him. I'm working um, on a trade, uh, Joe Mixon for uh, for for Brees Hall. You know what else happened, dude? Um, I don't think he's ever going to go for that. But you know what else happened that I, uh, I didn't, I don't know where how I've been in the dark on this, but apparently Alvin Kamara is going to be doing time or something. Oh I yeah, didn't you didn't know, know about that. I I heard he had an issue in Vegas or something, but that's the end of it. That's the last I heard about it. I didn't realize the dude was indicted, and and then there was video footage that apparently is awful. Yeah, like, him and some other dude like jumped another guy. 
he's getting suspended. Like he, that is so mm-hmm. bad. Like that's why that's why Grasso got him for the cheap in the middle of the year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I I do remember there being the issue, but there wasn't going to be any like penalty for it this this last season. Right. Yeah. This past one. Like he may get. Let's be real here. He's a running back who's who I don't believe is you know young, and obviously running backs in their late twenties are not considered young anymore. Right. If he misses an entire season, I mean, we we're Alvin Kamara's fantasy value is going to be over. Yeah, his career might be pretty much done. I assume the league, the NFL is a league of second and third chances, so I assume he'll be back. (laughs) I just you I think just, I don't know. Ray Rice never got never came back. Yeah, you're not you, a, a lady though, so it's different. Yeah, you can't punch a chick in the face and on an elevator, and you can stop a dude out in Vegas, but you're not punching ladies oh, in the face. Yeah, you know. outside of an elevator, that's where it happened. Outside of an elevator. I mean, Kareem Hunt, but like he he only tried to kick her. He didn't actually kick her. Yeah, it was just a little nudge. It's she'll be yeah. fine. Like, the tip of his shoe <laughs> may have grazed her face, but he didn't actually kick her. Um. We we kid. You should. The, the, these are. You all shouldn't do any of those things. Yeah. Uh, Tyree Kill is lucky. He's still playing in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. True story. These are awful things that these people should probably be punished really heavily for. On the bright side, Calvin Ridley's coming back, right? Right. The biggest scumbag ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, that's going to be huge for the Jags. Yeah. The, oh man, there could there could be real dangerous. The issue with playing this game that we're playing right now is they could be real dangerous. Is this is the game we played with the Chargers like a year or even two ago, mm-hmm. and it just do- doesn't pan out that way. So only because only only the Jags have a coach. That's true, and I love their coach. I know um, you do, buddy. Early bids on the Jags being team of the show next year. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, unless I'm missing something, I think I think that's all I had for r- stuff written down. Yeah, I mean, I think that's good. We put in a solid fifty or so minutes, and uh, you know, next week we can we can kind of start to, uh, I guess we can start to predict where these free agents are going to go. At least maybe like the top twenty-five or so. Yeah, because we have, um, yeah, next week will be the beginning of March, and so what? We have two or three weeks before free agency starts. Yeah, I think the combine starts next week. Next week, right? So it's happening pretty quick. Yeah. Coming, it's coming fast. Um, I got the first pick in fantasy draft, so Bijan Robinson, here I come. I was hoping you weren't going to say that because uh, wh- what's it going to take to get that pick, buddy? Probably a lot, man. I have one person on my team that's beating cats. <laughs> I know. Well, I have five keepable players. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got. I got. Hold on. Let's see. I got. I got Joe Mixon. I've been looking. Jalen Waddle. Ke- Keenan Allen. Tony Pollard, Travis Kelsey. Who you want? Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> Listen, man. I I tried to give Grasso three first round picks for the pick he selected Najee Harris with, and he said no. Yeah. Well, that was silly because Najee's not that good. No, he's not. Um, that was, what was that? Two years ago now. It depends also where Bijan goes, though. Yeah, that's the other problem with this is. We gotta, we gotta wait. We gotta I, figure that out. I've, I've already started listening to fantasy shows, which is so stupid at this point. I should say it's, <laughs> it's not stupid. It's just it does very little for you because most of it's recap stuff from this last season. It's still useful information, but nothing you can really do anything with until at least the end of free agency. Yeah. Um. And um, they're talking about like Bijan Robinson being, um. Like a first round pick. Yeah, like among the top five running backs selected. And I'm like, how could you possibly know that information right now? You don't even know what team he's on. He could go to the Bills. They're the worst running back rushing team <laughs> in the NFL. They're just going based off talent at this point. I've seen the Eagles mock to get him. I don't even know that I want that. I've seen the Eagles mock to get him. I've seen uh the who else have I seen? The Saints because of the Kamara situation. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean I don't know. I just know that, like, if Bijan Robinson is the player I'm expected to pick with the first overall selection, 
I I know of teams I don't want him to get drafted to, and the Bills are numero uno on that list. I just think it's really funny, like if you do end up going with him, because it'll be the third year in a row you've gone with a rookie running back, and yeah. it'll be the third year in a row you don't end up with him at, at the end of the year. You'll end up trading him for some reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I had Trey Sermon. I had him all year. Yeah. Right. I took Trey Sermon in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I kept him all season, and then I. Yeah, but you didn't keep him. No, no, no. I didn't. Yeah. God, I couldn't have kept him. He's awful. And now he <laughs> plays for the Eagles. Not for long, though. Uh, <laughs> and then Damian Pierce last year. And yeah, then you traded pick, him though. to Cody. It was a good pick. Um. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, but if you if you choose to look at it in a positive way, mm-hmm. each time I do it now, it's a better pick each time. So far, yeah. So far, I totally. <laughs> You want to hear something wild? This doesn't pertain to the NFL at all, but it does pertain a lot to our fantasy league. Uh, it actually only pertains to our fantasy league. Nice. Um, so I already mapped out the entire draft. Okay. Um, and I so I I have like a list of everybody's picks in a row with like all their number, like the number of the pick and who they got it from and whatever. Um, Yeiser's completely done picking his team before Kyle Murray makes a selection. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeiser Yeiser's last pick is pick number 89 in the middle of the ninth round. And Kyle's first pick is number 99 at the beginning of the tenth. Oh, at the beginning of the tenth? His first selection is the tenth round. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of pressure on Yeiser, though. You you have to select a really good team. To be fair, Yeiser's only legitimate keeper right now is Kyle Pitts, and I don't even know if that's a legitimate keeper. It depends on who they get at quarterback. Yeah. So so much pressure to draft really well. But I'm in the same boat, though, because I'm pretty sure I don't have any double-digit picks. You have a 10th and an 11th. Oh, yeah. But you have all all your picks are done by pick 128, though. It's not that bad. You have two fourths, three fifths, a sixth, Two sevenths, two eighths, a ninth, a tenth, and an eleventh. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! I only have to recoup on two picks for my draft to look pretty good here. I need to get a fourth back and a seventh back, and that's essentially what I traded Travis Kelsey for. But I have two players to get rid of to do it. So, yeah. who would you keep if you're in my position? Out of Kelsey, Waddle, Pollard, Mixon, and Keenan Allen. Um. Um. I want to know how you would manage those five people. Probably Kelsey. Keeping Kelsey. Right. And um, only because the tight end fantasy position can just get so bad that having somebody who consistently gets a good amount of points is such an advantage. Um, Kelsey, I like. I don't know about Mixon. I need to see what the Bengals are even doing with that. I really want to see Pollard, man, but I don't even know when he's going to play again. Yeah. Um, Waddle is probably another one that's he's he seems like a safer, a safe keeper. First of all, these Mm -hmm. guys are it's established. These guys are all keepable players. So what I'm saying is Waddle is a safe one. Kelsey's a safe one. Uh, Who was the last one you said? Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. I don't like Keenan Allen this year. See, I love Keenan Allen. And we can keep him then. Well, I would, but I think Waddle's better. But um Keenan Allen's uh stats at the end of the year were kind of crazy. Like for him coming back after being injured and then like what he did on the field, I was kind of like, Oh wow, my dude like, is solid. Didn't he have like 14 receptions in his first game back? <laughs> Something stupid. Uh he had five for 94, but listen, listen to his fantasy points after he came back. 9.9, 13 point4, 17.8, 15.2, 12.6, 15.9, 9.3, 26.2. Yeah, that's it's really nice. solid, man. Yeah, it's solid. It's uh, a really good number two wide receiver for your team. I mean, we're in a 16 team league, so that's a that's a good number one receiver. Somebody who's oh. constantly getting double digits. My concern with that with him is his age. Yeah. And a lot of times with receivers, it's not a gradual drop off, it's an immediate. Um 
that's fair. But I, I, I guess the reason why I feel more confident is that, is because coming off an injury at his age last year, th- that's what he was able to do. And Herbert just leans on him so much. Uh, I, I know what stat I was thinking of. It's he had 14 targets in three of four games from weeks 13 to 16. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Herbert just throws to him all that's the time. A stupid amount of volume. I don't know what uh, what Mike Brilliam was doing then, but 14 <laughs> targets. And one of the weeks he had 14 targets, he had 12 catches. Yeah. Wild. Um, a lot of those are short little dump offs and stuff, but you know what I mean? Like the fantasy points are fantasy points. Because he had like 12 catches for like 92 yards. Um, meanwhile, I have one guy that's keepable. Yeah, I noticed that. I I, uh, I went through everybody's team and, and wrote down who I thought they had uh, of keepable players. And the only person I had for you was Jamar Chase. So I assume you're going to be letting go of some of those picks to get some players. Probably. I'm not really going to have a choice. Um, so let's let's talk, buddy. Who do you want? We can talk, <laughs> man. But there's a good shot that it's going to be really difficult to give up the first overall pick. Oh, I, I don't want the first overall. I mean, I, I do, but I know I'm not going to get that. So I'm not even really aiming for it legitimately. Oh, who's fourth do I have? You have Cody's, so that's number eight. Okay. So you have number one and number eight for the first round. Okay. I'll take that one. <laughs> yeah. You know who else might want that one? Cody. <laughs> yeah, it depends. <laughs> He's got three pretty good keepers, though. Yeah, he does. Justin Jefferson, Mark Andrews, and Damian Pierce. <laughs> Yeah. Pretty solid. It's not bad, man. No. All right. It's going to be a fun offseason. Yeah. It is going to be fun. We can't trade until after the draft, but draft is coming up. we got a couple months. We'll we'll get there. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Can't For wait. Sure. The Eagles are in the Super Bowl, and they have the 10th pick. I love that. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Uh, that's it for us for this week. We will be back next week to talk about some NFL free agency and maybe some other stuff. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Take care. Later.